Hi there, I'm Lisa Kapala, and welcome to Bridging the Digital Divide. I have along with me, as always, my friend and Sherpa guide, Brad McKenna from the Wilmington Library. Hello, Brad. Hello, Lisa. Good to have you here today. Thanks. So the last time, or a couple of shows ago, we uh, talked about something called GUIs, or actually, Brad said GUIs, and I made a note to myself to ask, <laughs> what the heck is a GUI? So we're going to talk about that. Today's show is going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. We're going to talk about some errors, and not so much hardware errors, but maybe errors more in the internet, and we'll let Brad take us down that path and give us the tips and tricks we need for that. So first, let's start with what are GUIs? Yeah. So a GUI is actually an acronym. It's G-U-I. It stands for Graphical User Interface. Yes. Sometimes you'll hear just the uh, UI, same thing. And, and it just means anything that you point and click. So for an example, a browser is a GUI. Oh. Word is a GUI. Anything that you can... Uh, interact with basically with your mouse the uh, opposite of it is like a command line which okay. if you ever see anybody doing you know computer stuff on tv or in a movies you always see this black screen with this mound of text just flying by and that's the opposite it's just you do all the commands yourself ah. and that's what the original form of the internet was it was just all hand uh, all written commands and that's how you did things and then they wanted to add the graphical component to it, and they made GUIs. So okay. even an app is a GUI, essentially, in the strictest so sense. So how do we use that in a sentence? How could I amaze my <laughs> friends with that? Would I say I'm using my GUI to get to Word? Like, How, do, well, how would you use that? You, or is you, it just more a term? It's more a term. You really don't. like. So it, when they talk about des design, so sometimes user experience use, uses the user interface, and it's really mentioned as like a container for something ah. that you do. But you're not going to throw around, I use the GUI, because GUI is so generic. You know, I like to impress people <laughs> with my super-duper knowledge. Yeah. All right, so yeah. GUI. So if you ever hear that or see that, yeah, then you can know what yeah. that is. Okay, next thing we want to cover is browser extensions. What is a browser extension, and why do I want one? And yeah. I'm probably already using them, and I don't even know. Perhaps, yeah. So a browser extension is just something you add to a browser to extend the capability. So the, my favorite one is called LastPass, and what it does is it stores passwords for websites uh, securely, so I don't have to remember all my passwords. Okay. So when I'm clicking on something and it asks me in the upper right-hand corner, do you want to save this password, is that the same thing? No, it's same, not. Yeah, it's the same functionality. So a lot of a lot of plugins have now been rolled into the browser natively, so that remembering of passwords is something that you could only get through a plugin or an extension or whatever you want to call them. Um, years ago, but now it's part of it. So as more plugins get more um, popular and more useful, new versions of the browsers incorporate that kind of technology, like uh, ad blocking software. There's another extension I use called AdBlock Plus, and it blocks pop-up ads. Okay. So let me, let me see now if I can break this <laughs> okay. down a little bit for the novice yeah. out there. So... You're adding this, is it an app, you said? The first one you like, the one that saves your passwords? What's it's it called, Password last, Save? Last, last Pass. pass. Yes. Okay, Last Pass. Yes. You had to actually install that? Yes. On your operating system, on no, your computer? No, in the browser. In the browser. Yes. How do you do that? So it's part, it's an offer, it's uh, in your menu. So they've also, gone, <laughs> they've also gotten away with words. So we talked about command line and yes. GUIs. Yes. And so like all of these menu options, they no longer use the word. It's either like three, dot, three bars for Firefox or three dots for uh, You should see Chrome. my face. I'm like, right? what? 
It was already hard enough for me right. to learn. Okay. So now there's no words. And so you Wonderful. click you click the, the menu option, and then that's where you set, like, your, um, your homepage. But there's also another option within that menu sequence for add-ons or extensions. And okay. And just the same things, just what term they use. All right. So I go to menu. Yep. I find the dots. I get into the add extensions. And that's where I would add LastPass. Right. Because it, it adds it directly to the browser. It's not actually installed on your computer. It's just added to... Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's added to the, the the browser itself. So I guess it does change the computer a little bit, but it's contained within okay. the browser. So then my next question, the obvious one would be, how safe is that LastPass? Because you're saying it's not really installed on my computer permanently. It lives in the SoundCloud so it's, it's, or something? It's lived. It lives in the code for the browser, uh-huh. so it technically is in the uh, your operating system, but it can't interact with the operating system. Okay. So, so there's that. And, and this, as far as safety goes, yeah, it's a concern because like apps, all of these extensions, there's plenty of them and there's yes. third-party developers. And so they, each of the, um, the browsers have like an add-on homepage okay. where people submit these add-ons or extensions. I keep using those interchangeably because right, right. it depends on what browser I'm in. Um, and there'll be reviews. And I was so, just going to say mm-hmm. that. So you should probably look up. So if we, if we Googled LastPass, it mm-hmm. would tell us security and safety and all of yeah, that. Yeah, it'll give you all the, uh, it'll give you the lowdown on what it does and, and your user agreement and, okay. and people can review them and how many times that's been downloaded. So if you see something that has no reviews in one download, probably steer clear. <laughs> right. And so the next obvious question would be, if you do use LastPass, then if your cousin opens your computer, mm. that means that password's going to be saved and he or she can get right into your goodies, right? Yeah, so, so what do you do then if it's a home computer and mm-hmm. you got kiddos running yeah. around? So what uh, the, the one of the so LastPass actually lives on a on a server, the code, and the code keeps what they call your password vault encrypted uh-huh. so you can't get into it, but it was hacked because <laughs> oh everything's God. hacked. Of course. And so one of the latest additions what happens is it doesn't sign on automatically. And uh-huh. so what you have to actually sign in to the plugin to get into everything. Good, I like that. Mm-hmm. So that means if somebody opened up my computer, or even if I left my computer somewhere, or got yeah. stolen, they wouldn't be able to get into LastPass because they would have to have a password. Yes, I got it. Right. I got it. Exactly. They would have to have a password <laughs> for LastPass to yeah. get the list of your passwords. Exactly. So that, that's when I always when I always uh, tell people about this, I say you don't have to remember all of your passwords right. with this LastPass, but you do have to remember that LastPass password. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, what if something happens and LastPass crashes? Then so you can't nothing, get into your stuff? No, you probably would just have to remember what your exactly. password was and do it manually. Yeah, so you'd have to, because so what it does is it can pre-populate the form that asks for the username and password, and you can right. just automatically log in. But if it doesn't work, you can still type in manually and get in there. And if you don't remember, you can always use the famous, I forgot my password, yes. and you'll be all set. Okay, ad blocker was another one you just mentioned. Now, I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, different sites I go to asking me to disable ad blocker or to remove cookies or add cookies. Can you talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So like uh, Adblock Plus is really, it keys on, I'm not exactly sure what the specifics are, how it works, but it keys on code that is treated like ads. And usually it means it's coming from a different source. It's not native to the to the page that you're in. And so it's going to block any kind of pop-ups. And a lot of the times the, the ad, ad brokerage is what they call them, uh, 
got around that by building the ads directly into yes. the page. Yes. And so instead of pop-ups, you're blocking parts of the page. Right. And a lot of the time, that's how the, the company that you're going to, the web page, makes money. Right. And so what they like, uh, I think Fortune or Forbes, one of those is really, really strict. If it recognizes that there's an ad blocker, it won't let you into the site until you disable it in order to ensure yes. their advertisers that they're going to reach people. Yes. And I can see their point with mm-hmm. that as well. You know, they, they are trying to make money yeah. too. But I have seen that happen because I've went to print stuff from yeah, a website sure. and you get a big block in the middle yeah. of it that's empty. And that's because probably the ad blocker yeah, so blocked they, that text from the page. It could be two different things. That's the it. most common one. The other one I'll talk about quickly is Flash, right? So we talked about Flash a while ago. It's, now, is this Adobe Flash? Yes. Ah, this is bad. We don't like Adobe Flash. Yeah, but I remember that from like episode four. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's right? danger, danger. So if you see something with like, I think it looks like a almost a Lego block and it's got a gray box, that means that you're not ha- you don't have the latest version of Flash. So it, it blocked that part of the page right. and you just have to enable it. But there are times where it's an ad that's blocking it, that, that's being blocked, which is hence the name of the plugin right. um, that you have to disable in order to show it. And it does, it's pretty, you click on like the little icon on the browser and you can disable for this site. You can disable that's for That's what I was going to ask you yeah. because sometimes I feel like if I click it, is it for everything in the world? But this is more site specific, which you is You can good. do it. You can turn off the, pl- the plugin completely. And so now no matter what site you go on, or you can add an exception for specific sites. Okay. Uh, an example is coupons.com. I had someone come into the library a couple of days ago and said, I can't see this page because it was just like a, a block of text. And so she had an ad blocker and we turned it off just for that site and everything kind of displayed and she could see it. And that's kind of the danger with this one is that not everything it blocks as an ad is an ad. Because it doesn't know. Right. It just looks for a certain code or something yep. that seems familiar to it. Exactly. It, it, the, it yeah, says, right. <laughs> oh, that looks like an ad to me, so I'm just going to yes. go ahead and block it. So how would the consumer, how did your friend with the coupon situation she didn't know what happened. Right. She must have thought her computer was broken. Yeah. So yeah, she thought there was Which something wrong with the browser. Thought. So she so came in. <laughs> how, yeah. So where do you, where would I go at home if I'm stuck with this problem to solve it? Yep. Menu options. Not even or? right. So when you add, once you go to the menu and add the the extension or add in uh, or plug in or whatever they call it, you'll get a little icon next to your address bar at the top of your browser, and it looks like a little stop sign for AdBlock Plus. Ah. You click that little stop sign, and you get a couple of options for that. Uh, plugin and one of them is disabled for this site and that's what we did in that case is we okay. disabled for the site and the information displayed and she could actually interact with the page. Okay. How is that similar or is it to whitelisting? Is it because that sounds like sometimes that's it sounds similar. Can you explain yeah, white? Exactly. I, I'm so you got it. You got I it. I think I might know something. But it yes. sounds similar to whitelisting. Can you explain what whitelisting is? Because it sounds kind of almost like the same type of thing. It's, it is the same technology. I don't know if it's the same code, but it's the same technology. So the concept of a whitelist is to allow only sites on that list to be displayed. And so what's happening is you're adding this site to Adblock Plus's whitelist for you. And Uh so as I add coupons, next time I'm there, it's going to disable for that site. And if I go to like ESPN or something like that, it's going to turn itself back on. And so that's probably the best way to do it is if you're using it, you're using it for a reason. So you 
don't want to disable it globally, right. you can, but it's better to disable it by site. Okay. So if you're one of these people who doesn't like ads, which who does, but right. you know, if it's really troublesome to you, the best way to do it would be to add the ad blocker mm-hmm. extension, right? Yes. And you do that how? Through the menus. Through the menu. So, so if you're in Firefox, top right-hand corner, you're going to see three bars, yep. Chrome, it's three dots. And so I only mentioned those two because Internet Explorer didn't really have money add-ons. Edge is Microsoft's new browser, right. and it's starting to go to actually add them, um, but there's still not as many. I think AdBlock might be one of them, and LastPass. Okay. And I think those are three bars. And just look at the top right-hand corner underneath the X. I should close it out. And usually there's a little icon that gives you a drop-down menu to do more things, and it's okay. going to be either called add-ons, extensions, or plugins. All right. And if you get confused, you can always Google it or yeah. look it up on YouTube because there's plenty of people exactly. out there making videos that show that. Or I'm sure on the companion page that Brad provides, yes. there'll be more information. Absolutely. Or you can go physically visit Brad no matter where <laughs> you live. You can drive right down to the Wilmington Library and see him. So how do we, I guess I, I didn't know these things even existed, GUIs yeah. for one thing and then these other two things. How do we find all of these items to use? How do people discover that they even exist? Reviews. So tech yeah. sites will review the best plugins. You can Google it, best plugins for Firefox, or uh, if you want to do something, maybe the browser has a plugin to do it. Um, another example I have is um, the library extension. This is only for Chrome, but it's, it's really cool, sense of a librarian. And what you do is you add this to, um, uh, to Chrome, and if next time you're on Goodreads or Amazon and you see a book and you're like, I wish I knew if the library had that, what this extension does oh. is allows you to add your library's catalog to the page and it'll show what li- what uh, libraries in the consumer well, cool. have the book. So is this a situation where you can go kind of crazy with these once you learn yes. how to use them? Because I could see myself <laughs> yes. sort of adding 50 million things. Yeah. Can you add as many as you want? Absolutely. I mean, will it slow your computer down? Uh, it won't slow the computer down, but it'll slow the browser down. So the more the code that you have running at one time, it's a heavier load on the computer. And so the more you have... The slower it's going to be. So you're absolutely right. You can go completely crazy. Yeah, because you <laughs> type it in and you, oh, it can do yeah. this and it can do yeah. this. And so it's nice. But yes. how many th- how many things do you have like that on your computer? You um, just have LastPass. And I have. So I have? have the. I, there's another one called Facebook Container, which is Firefox only, which um, warns you. Which what it does is when you click one of those links on your news feed, it takes you to a different page. Yes. That blocks the reporting back of that page or to oh, Firefox. Oh, that's good. To, to Facebook. I so like kind that. of the tracking issue. Yeah. So that that's the one. So we I have like I usually use like half a dozen. So wow. I do some web development. So like there's one that's a um, a color picker. So like in web development a uh, color is a hex code. And so if I want to match the color on one web page to another web page, okay. what I can do is turn on this color picker and hover over the area and it'll give me that code. Okay. So it, it gets fancy. Yeah, that's so pretty like uh, for, heavy duty. Though. Yeah. So for like the casual user, like ad, Adblock is always yeah. good. And there's many of them, so you don't have to use Adblock Plus. Right. Uh, LastPass isn't a good one. And then there are a couple of other ones, like um, I want to say it's called Honey. And what it does is it looks the, searches the internet for promo codes when you're shopping oh. to see if you can get some sales. Oh, I kind of like that too. Yeah. All right. So, so all different ways to yeah. use these. And I assume, let's say I decide I no longer like Adblocker or I don't mm-hmm. want to use it anymore or LastPass or whatever. Um, how do we remove these? Is it uninstall? What do you do? Similar. So you go back into that menu option and then you go into your list of add-ons or extensions and there'll be an option to remove. 
Okay. Now, in a situation like, uh, I've done this before, I took something off my desktop and thought it was removed, but it's not unless you want to install it. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Because yeah. I think sometimes we think if we just delete something and put it in the trash, it's gone. But yeah. it's really not. So the desktop is basically, it's a folder uh, and the rep- the graphical representation of it, that's basically what your desktop is, is a GUI of your desktop Yay, folder. Cool. <laughs> um, but if you delete it from there, it's just deleting the shortcut or the link to it. You have to go and physically like go to control panel and add remove program yes. to, to remove it. Sometimes yes. when you delete something from the desktop, it'll tell you that and redirect you to the control panel to remove it. Right. But if you're just deleting it from the desktop, unless it's like just a file and right. not an, an app application, um, it, it doesn't actually. Right. And I think the reason that is important is because as the user, I would be, gee, I just disabled that thing. Yeah. Why is it still here? So you have to make sure you yep. do your due diligence yes. it is, <laughs> and get all of that out of there if yeah. you're getting rid of it. Any other fun ones that you can think of that you like? I mean, goodness. So the only lot. other one that I really I, I talk about is something called Disconnect. Um, and what this is, is when you're on a website, there's also uh, there's tracking codes, so they have different agreements with different companies, and the most common ones are the social media platforms. So Google and Facebook and Twitter are constantly tracking what activities happening on these websites. And so that's why when I Google mattresses, then uh, I get yeah. you know five so those, ads or I get emails that are selling me mattresses. That's and that a little even different for me. Yeah, that's a little, <laughs> that's a little different, but the same basic technology in okay. that that is code from ad brokerages, and so these websites will sell space on their website to these ad agencies to track uh, surfing patterns. And so you're exactly right. If you're looking for mattresses on one site and then yeah. you go to another one and there's a mattress you were just looking Crazy. at. That's what the, the ad brokerages do. Yeah. And the Disconnect Me plugin blocks the tracking from happening. So, so good. do we want, yeah, Do when would we not want that? Why? I guess I'm trying to figure out what use would you have? I mean, I can see why you would want it. You would want not people to know what right. you're up to and be tracking right. your every movement. But when would there be an occasion you might want that? S- similar to the Adblock Plus and the coupon situation is these plugins aren't, aren't very smart. They're basically just storehouses of like code matching. So it sees uh, a code that fits the bill and it blocks it. And so not all websites are built okay. the same. And so these plugins can disable legitimate functionality. So that's not good. Could it be also that these the plugin for that might be helpful? Let's say you were looking for a car. Sure. Maybe oh, it gives yeah. you some other sites and you say, hey, I wouldn't have found that otherwise. Yeah. So I suppose there are some good components to it. Yeah. The targeting ad is good because like you're not going to get things that are completely irrelevant to you yes. and you're adding. So and, and on the adding and the <laughs> ads that are presented to you. Right. Um, so it's good, but it's disconcerting, right? Because it's yes. tracking. It's an yes. invasion of privacy, I guess, yes. in the strictest sense. So... But it is. But it must be working. It must. The ad folks must know what they're doing because although it's annoying to us most of the time, somebody must be clicking on those and buying stuff Mm -hmm. because otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. They also know too subliminally the human brain has to see something five times or so before it acts on it. So you know you see that ad for something three times. By the fifth time, if you're going to act on it, you will. And so they must know that bombarding you continually is. It's just like a commercial that they run over and over until you get the 
the logo, the jingle stuck stuck in your your head, head, right? (laughs) So it's the same type of principle. Yes. But I don't know. People are really frustrated by it, so I'm not sure if it's counterproductive. But they must know what they're doing or they wouldn't be doing it. It's still happening and like so many different companies do it. So it's got to be a successful business model. And then I wonder too, what's it like in other countries? We should maybe do a show on internet in other countries someday. Fascinating. Because I don't know. I mean, do they have the same rules and regulations we have about what can be presented and what can't? It depends on the country. So like a famous example is China, right? Google and Facebook can't do business in China. Anything is blocked from those companies. They have their own their own social media platform, which is technically the largest platform in the world because it's government-run and China has over a billion yeah, people. boy. <laughs> Talk about Big Brother. Yeah, like, That's exactly. really interesting. Yeah, and I would wonder where Britain and maybe India yeah. even are. Plus, they don't have the fiber technology that we have, I bet, right? They must not have they underground. Have, so well, in, in yeah, England, they, they have similar. Would. I don't know exactly if it's the same, yeah. but they do have similar Because I'm thinking around. about the pictures that you always see of foreign countries with, yeah. you know, the pole and 7,000 yeah. things <laughs> plugged in. And I'm wondering how would that work for the internet, you yeah. know, overload and stuff. But we'll, we'll research that for you guys and yeah. we'll do a show on that because that would be interesting to see how the rest of the world approaches this for stuff. Sure. All right. So our next hit list topic for today is error messages. My personal yeah. favorite. Favorite. So these are not the standard error messages like blue screen of death that you get on your computer. We're not talking about those kinds mm-hmm. of error messages. Why don't we explain, Brad, what kind of error messages we are talking about? So like web page error messages. So usually uh, you go to a web page and you get an HTTP error. So hypertext transfer protocol is right. how information is exchanged between you and the website. Right. And so these are the most common because the most common activity online is surfing the web, right? Right. So. And so these errors, just so you know what they look like, they generally are black and white. And they're very Mm. weird, I think, because it just comes up at the top of the page with a number. 404 error usually is the the most most common common one. And when I see that, I always think something's wrong with the computer. But you're telling me, no, that's a website to website Mm -hmm. issue or an internet to Desktop to website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what causes those? Missing information when they get down to it. So 404 is the most common. It just means page not found. Yeah, that's so annoying because yeah. I have read stuff that, you know, maybe I get around to reading something a little late when it's sent out originally to me. It takes me a while sometimes. And then I go to the link mm-hmm. and the link is broken. And that's when you get yeah, the 404 Exactly. So either the, the page has been moved or deleted. So it's not where the link is pointing to anymore. Occasionally, you'll have just have an issue with your Ethernet card or Wi-Fi adapter and you won't be connected to the Internet anymore. And you'll okay. get one of those. Usually you get a different So that's one. a hardware. We're yeah. kind of dicey about the terms we're using here, but that's more of a, a physical yes. hardware error. And you would need to check your Ethernet card or you would need to check your Wi-Fi Adapter, connection. Just, yeah. But I'm, I'm imagining, wouldn't your computer tell you yeah. that, though? So it would tell you you're um, not connected to the Internet, wouldn't it? With the page. Usually it's a timeout issue. So the vast majority of the time when you lose your Internet connection, it'll get like a timeout issue. I think that one's uh, usually like a 504 error, oh, yeah. meaning that you can't connect to the internet and you'll get a little notification uh, usually your Wi-Fi signal will have like an exclamation point next to it yep. an X I've seen that before yeah. and sometimes it just drops sometimes it's like your router resets or you just lose connection and you just have to re-enable it and right. reconnect to it and most of the time you just have to kind of like wake it up and get it going your way and so sometimes when you get the timeout error is it also 
that that website isn't actually available anymore and the system keeps trying to go there? Is so, that part of it, timeout error too? Sort of. So uh, with a timeout error, usually it's overloaded. So it's usually there, but there's too many people trying to access the ah, website at the same time okay. and, and it can't handle all those requests. That's actually one of the most okay. common hacking attempts. It's called the DDoS, the Distributed Denial of Service. And what happens is these hackers just flood the website with thousands of requests a second. And so the server that the website lives on can't handle those requests, and so it locks up and nobody uh-huh. can So right. most of the time, though, it's less nefarious than yeah. that, and it's just peak time. So, like, so if a hacker were doing that, they would be trying to shut the website down. That would be why they would do that. Mm-hmm. And they would tell all their little hacker buddies yeah. to log in at the same time, and they would disable it. Yeah. Would that work for a government site? Could anything, it? anything that's available to the internet would happen, you know? but it's going to throw. It's then we get back to hardware in this case, yes. right? So how much hardware? How many? Uh, how much CPU and RAM and all that kind of stuff? The server that houses the website has. Right. So theoretically, the the government would have more. That's what I was going to say. There, there's, it would be so large. Hopefully, yeah. it wouldn't be able to have that it problem. Happens. But something smaller. Didn't that happen with TurboTax? Yeah. Um, something like that, where people so were trying Equifax. to log in or so something. Th- Equifax had a, had a hack. That's a little different, though, but I can't... It might I have been TurboTax. Something happened with TurboTax yeah. where the day of, like, the 14th or yeah, the 15th right. or something, there's, uh-huh. their whole system just went down because too many people, I think, so were that, trying to access it. And that might have been legitimate. Yeah. That might have been, like, everybody trying to file the That's taxes what I'm at the thinking. same so time. So they didn't have mm-hmm. enough CPU? Is that right? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, enough CPUs because you're getting more to than one. To meet the demand. Or RAM or... The re- basically, the, the catch-all term is resources, right? So RAM and CPU you and um, hard disk space, all that kind of stuff comes together to make the site available. And if too many people are trying to sure. at one time, and we're talking about tens, if not hundreds oh, yeah. of thousands of connections well, a second. all Americans' right. taxes are due on the same day. Procrastination. And a lot of us wait till the last minute. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that was part of the issue. I don't know exactly. And if, if we're wrong, you can certainly write to us and tell us. But I remember hearing something about it was locking up, pe- people couldn't get Sounds in. Familiar. And I'm wondering if it had something to do with that. Sounds like Could it. have been hackers. Especially the time, right? (laughs) Yeah, because those hacker guys are pretty busy. Any other um, common error messages that we want to tell people about? So the the next one is like 403, which is similar to a 404. But 403 is a forbidden error, which sounds really, really serious. But usually what it is is you have a link to a site that you need to log on for. And so you, you, get, you get this a lot with like paywalls. So a lot of the subscription services like journals or databases and stuff like that, somebody will send you a link to it. And if things aren't set up properly and you, you get like redirected to where you're supposed to log in, you'll get a, a 403 forbidden error, meaning that you need to log on to access the page that you've been linked to. So then in that case, would you go back to the person who sent you the link and ask them to either download what they're trying to send it or check your permissions. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about a 500 internal server error or a 503 service unavailable? So that's timeouts. So that could be the same similar thing to like uh, not enough resources. Um, sometimes you can lose your connection, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are just purposely vague because it could be a whole yeah. number of things. I mean, how do I know whether the error is coming from my end or from the other end? So the only thing you can really check when you're talking about these kind of errors is your internet, is your ethernet. Internet connection. If you're connected, then it's on their end. 
with web pages, 99% of the time is something wrong on their end. And it could be something that you're doing because you're not logged in. Mm-hmm. Um, but mo- most of the time, it's just you have a wrong link or you type something in maybe wrong in your bra- in the address bar. Mm. Maybe you have like, you're missing a letter if you're typing in a whole long string of an yeah. address. So don't go calling Verizon Comcast telling them that <laughs> your internet is down because right. that's not the case. And the first thing you need to do is if you're concerned, go somewhere else you know you have access to. Right. And if that comes up, then it is that site that you're having problems with. What about the message that comes up? And I know we didn't discuss this beforehand, but um, you're going to go to a site and your computer tells you, warning, this is a dangerous area. Uh-huh. Don't go in here. Usually it's a big, red, yeah. scary looking <laughs> thing that you get. I always go into those sites. <laughs> if Smart. it's something I want to do, I'll go in there. But I don't know. Um, is that really dangerous when they So say? most of the time what that is is your antivirus that you have installed is okay. acting up. So a lot of the times you have a plug-in for the antivirus that right. uh, can extend the capability to get access to like those virus definition files. Okay. And in those cases, it's usually like... It can be a number of things, and it's usually like that. There's, there's suspicious code. Well, this usually happens when you take those lovely little Facebook yeah, quizzes. Yeah. That's usually when you get that. And yeah. is that because there's something maybe built into those quiz codes that they're stealing your information? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. Anytime you have to interact with something and you get the warnings, I would stop. If you're just like reading, you're, you're kind of okay. But because if you're those interacting. Those quizzes are so fun. They're addictive, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And a lot of times I get a timeout error from that, too, because it yeah. will say wait, and then it just times out because it takes too long it, yeah and they don't either like too many people trying to take the quiz or it's just uh, they don't have enough resources to and handle I think it. I always believe that because it's through Facebook which I know I shouldn't <laughs> believe that it's got to be safe so I figure well if Facebook's, if Facebook's got this quiz on there it must be okay I'm just going to ignore my virus people and go right in and so far knock on wood no problems yeah. as far as I know I wouldn't though. make a habit of that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's kind of one of the big issues with Facebook is that they don't have control over all of the functionality you get interacting in the quizzes and one yeah. of the main well they're trying culprits. to fix that right they're, yes. they're making some changes yeah but I mean it's going to take and then the people that are trying to steal your information from right. these quizzes will find something else to do so I'd be very careful taking quizzes especially in like Facebook I know but it's so fun I'll have to go back to taking them in People Magazine where it's in paper <laughs> and it's safe so there is another website BuzzFeed usually is, oh, is yeah, popular yeah, yeah 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 so that's that it's too. a little safer because BuzzFeed is creating that content and everything is on it you're not being redirected to a site you don't know Okay, so then that's a good point. If yeah. it's redirecting you somewhere, maybe you should yeah. think about would, that a yeah, little bit more. <laughs> if it's not right where you are and it's sending you somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, but you would think Facebook would not allow that because it, it's not safe. Facebook is so big, it can't police know, everything. He should <laughs> fix that. <laughs> right, right, in a perfect world. Well, I'm sure we're going to see more changes coming anyway with the internet yes. and with Facebook. And it's always changing anyway, but I know that you know there are some changes. And of course, we'll keep you apprised of all of that as we go along. Anything else we should cover in error messages or extensions or anything like that that you can think of? So it's more more to do with um, like hardware or operating system errors, but the, the easiest troubleshooting that I, I like to tell people is just like make sure all your cords are attached, right? Yes. The first step is make sure if you're using an Ethernet cord, make sure it's firmly attached, right. pl- the plug or the battery. Make things sure things are firm. Yep. And if they are, start closing out apps. So if you have like Word and Spotify and a browser and two different browsers. So if you're having a problem, simplify. Close everything out but the thing you're trying to access, so like the web page. Um, and if that doesn't work, 
restart the browser and try to go back in. And then if that doesn't work, you can reboot the computer. That's what I always yeah. do. And those are the four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the, uh, those are what I any, start I'm with. I'm laughing because I'm like, I don't do any of that other stuff. I just shut it down yeah. and try again because yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I get so anxious. I just yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to kill something. So I always just shut it down yeah. from there. Yeah. All right. Anything else about troubleshooting or I guess don't worry really because most of these error messages don't mean that your computer is broken. Yeah. It's yeah. just something that needs to be tweaked usually, Essentially, right? Yeah. yeah, so something on their end, something on your end that you have to like reset. And, and for the most part, the, as long as you have backups, which we talked about a while yes. ago, yes. as long as you have backups for all your files, you're, you're okay. I, for the most time, most part, if you're not using cloud storage, if you have an external hard drive, you can recover from an error fairly easily. Right. Um, but again, be but careful. But these are mostly website yeah. errors, not actual physical computer errors. So right. I'd be surprised if a, a browser error would remove all my files. So Can it do that? That's the viruses. So you have Ooh. to act on it. So if you download something with malicious code oh, or you okay. interact with stuff like that, usually you have to download okay. it because they can't install. So the just looking part isn't really the issue. It's right. more when you take action on something within there yes. that can then that's the more harmful your files. Yeah, so, so you can get like tracking cookies that are a little malicious and it's yeah. kind of dangerous. But as far as, a, as a, a virus or a worm or something that can get in there and like erase data on your computer, Usually you have to act, act on it. You should uh-huh. have to download something to give it on your computer to do the right. dirty work. It's right. not going to jump on there without you knowing. Right. You have to actually click on something. At least not yet. Right. Thank yeah. goodness. Not yet. If that happens, <laughs> we'll totally let Run you know. Run to the Right. <laughs> and now it's time for your technology tidbit. Food for thought. All right, so those 404 errors don't always have to be boring black and white. They can actually be customized. So no web, way. The web pages themselves, uh, you have the ability to create custom 404 pages. And the one that I, uh, that I like the most is actually NPR's 404 page. So it says, your page not found or whatever. And then below that, you'll see a list of f- famous lost things like your luggage or Atlantis or Waldo. Very cute. So it's kind of it's kind of clever. So Very you can cute. get fun with that. I've never seen a 404 error like that. Yeah. But I would like to see that yeah. one. So I'll have to try to get into NPR and yeah. see if and they... just type uh, gobbledygook after yeah, the URL. see what they do to me. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, at least they're being creative and tongue-in-cheek right. about it, which yeah. is pretty nice. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for today, Brad. I can't think of anything else we can cover, but let's tell folks about the companion page and how they can get more information. Sure. So if you go to the wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, there's the list of all the previous episodes episodes in the current episode, and it has a uh, comment form at the bottom. You can let us know what you'd like to hear or correct us. I'm sure that yes, we've said things that are wrong. probably have it. So feel, I, please feel free. I would imagine since we've been doing this for a while, some of the stuff we might have said might be different yeah. because things change so quickly. All the time. But you know, folks, we're just doing the best to get you across that chasm that's the bridging <laughs> the digital divide. So thanks so much for being with us. We'll be with you again soon, and we hope you enjoyed Bridging the Digital Divide. For Brad McKenna, this is Lisa Kapala saying we'll be with you again soon.